0: Good morning, everybody. Welcome to week two in the new space. All right. Um, we're in Colossians chapter one this morning, uh, but before we get there, I want to make note of, of two things. One, you have all just attended and are currently continuing to attend um, like seminary class. The stuff that we just sang is something called Christology, what do you guys think Christology could be? Christ. Study of Christ. The passage this morning is centered around that, but also I want to, to say to you that the songs that we sang, um, uh, Jeff picked them very well because they're, they're centered around Christ. And when we, like, I think sometimes when we hear a word like Christology or we think about seminary class, we think this is for, like, the pastors or whatever, but ultimately the, the stuff that we just sang, we believe, and all the statements that we made, we sang about Christ, and then in Christ alone, is there's, there's a fullness to that theology, there's a fullness to that Christology. So, you have, um, if, if you're putting together a resume, you can put on there that you've attended seminary, because you just attended seminary. Um, and also, you're going to continue to attend seminary, because this message is very centered around Christ. It's also centered around this idea. I want you to think about this notion. Um, Think about the perfect vacation. Uh, when When I say you've got unlimited financial resources and you've got a month of free from work and like you can Take your kids with you, or just go by yourself, or just go with your spouse. Whatever you've got, unlimited resources, and you've got a full month off of work with no like it. Everything at work is fully covered. You're undistracted there. Where 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 are you going? Think about that idea. Um, maybe it's to the beach. Um, maybe you're a historical guy. Maybe you're you're going to go uh, to DC and and see some some beauty there. Or maybe you're you're gonna maybe you're a World War II guy. You're going to go over to. Uh, to Germany, to, uh, to France and see some of the, the big battles there. For me, that'd be one of the things that I would love to do. Um, in fact, my wife is, uh, we're, we're planning and, and focusing on, on saving for our 20th anniversary to go to Paris. Um, <clears throat> and she's talked and thought about that for a really long time. Uh, and I, I have always wanted to be on Normandy beach where like the, the invasion happened, uh, massive, really important, uh, invasion happened in World War II, and so I want to be there, and it turns out it's only like an hour, hour and a half away from Paris, and so I said to Jen one time, you know, like, we're, if, we're, if we do make it to Paris on our 20th anniversary, um, like, can we take a day trip and go over to Normandy Beach and, and, and see those sites? Whenever. And, she, and her response is, of, of course, that's a, that's a big deal to you, and we'll be that close to it. Um, and I, I want you to, to think, think about that concept, to, to, to have a particular vision in mind, a particular destination in mind, but doing ancillary things along the way. That's the, the picture of uh, the sermon this morning. Um, also the picture of the sermon this morning, this is, this is a, a, a perfect illustration for us. Um, you guys ever seen this, a, a classic, I think 1982, um, Chevy Chase, his, he gets his family together and they decide to, to take a trip. Uh, the name of it, I think, is Vacation. Vacation. Um, so you guys, uh, where are they going in vacation? Where's their destination? Wally World. Wally World. Okay. But what are some, like, they don't just go to Wally World, right? There's other side stuff that happens. What, what are the other side things that happen? East St. Louis. East St. Louis, that's right. Our city was on display with graffiti and stealing tires and stuff. <laughs> Giving guys, <laughs> all those things happened. That, that's probably true. Um, so where, where else was he going? Cousin Eddie. cousin Eddie, yes, and like that was that was a important like cousin Eddie the role that he was going to play and, and the rest of them was like it it's it's beautiful. So the side trip to go visit cousin Eddie was a uh, was a really important side trip. Do you guys remember the uh, the world's biggest ball of twine? Like they stopped to go see that, um, and then where else did they go see? Did they stop? The Grand Canyon, yeah. That, that was a great scene. Like they, they spent all this effort to get to the Grand Canyon and he just stolen from the cashier. And so he's like, yes, okay, okay, let's go. Like they spend like three seconds looking at the Grand Canyon. Um, so so this is like, that, like, they've got an ultimate destination of Wally World, but along the way they stop and see all these other great, incredible, uh, silly, comedic things, right? Um, so I want you to put that idea, that, that, this notion in your pocket, and then allow that to kind of, kind of speak to you through the rest of the, of the morning. All right. Uh, So the text this morning is Colossians chapter one, and it's very existential. um, meaning, uh, like, why am I here? Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to get real with you for a second. Um, why am I here is a, Like, I'm a pastor and a father, and so it should be pretty clear to me why I'm here. Okay, so we just talked about vacation. We're silly, like I'm for real here. Um, This this is, like, many times in the last couple of months, um, and even in the last life, this entire life, I've thought to myself, what what am I doing here? Why does Rick exist? What's happening? Um, And I say that to... Uh, to make a point in just a second, but also to allow you to connect with that. Um, if you've asked yourself that question, if you're asking yourself that question, if it's been a season for you of, of doubt and wonder and what in the world is the point of this, like, I, I want you to know that that's okay. And I want you to know that your pastor has that same notion. I've had that same notion in the last seven days. What in the world am I doing here? What's the point? And I, I think that this message uh, and this text really pushes us to that. Um, there are seasons where, like, our purpose, we're, like, in full stride of that. Can you guys connect with that? Like, I'm, I'm right in the middle of my purpose. I'm, God is, is very clear. My life is very clear. This is the direction that my life is supposed to be taking. And then there's other seasons where, where we're not even close to that. Um, and I think that this text wraps itself around that notion. So first, it's okay, and second, let's go to Scripture to, to have it answer that question for us. Why am I here? What is the purpose of my existence? Um, Colossians chapter 1. Um, we haven't done this a lot lately, but we're going to go verse by verse through Colossians 1, 15 through 22. So the first verse there, the heading, by the way, is the preeminence of Christ, he is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. Um, he is the image of the invisible God. So I want to say this. The Son, Jesus, is the, invis- is the image of the invisible God. So the truest, the truest picture we have of God is Jesus. The truest picture we have of God is Jesus. So you wonder to yourself, what is God like? What picture, what tangible... If God was here on this earth, what would he engage in? What would he concern himself with? What would he be doing? When he asked himself the question, why am I here, what would his answer be? And for us to answer that question about Christ is to just study who he is. Because what verse 15 just said is he is the image of the invisible God. And in just a minute, he's going to talk about it even deeper. So what is God like? God is the truest image that we have of God. The image is a laser focus towards his ultimate purpose. It's a laser focus towards his ultimate purpose while living true to his identity and character. What was his identity and character? Think about vacation. The purpose of the Griswolds was to get to Wally World. But along the way, they're making these stops. Okay? Okay. They're going to go visit Cousin Eddie. They're going to go see the world's largest ball of twine. They're going to go visit the Grand Canyon. They're going to get in all these adventures. This is a picture of Jesus. His ultimate destination is the cross. Reconciling man to himself. But along the way, he's being true to his character. What was his character? He was loving. He loves. He is serving, so he serves. He is... Laying down his life. He's taking on the nature of a servant. He's, he's not trying to satisfy himself, but trying to lay down his life for people around him. All the while moving towards the cross and his crucifixion and resurrection, doing things true to his character. So the big picture thing for us, this is, this is really important for us. In the middle of those existential crises where we're thinking about what in the world am I here for? Let this Christology speak to you. Ultimate purpose, moving towards that ultimate purpose while being true to the character that God has given to us. This is the picture of Christ in this sermon, um, in in this text. Um, So, uh, skip to, to verse 16. Verse 16 says, For by him all things were created. Again, we get sometimes we get confused. This is a very deep Christ-centric verse with some deep Christology, some some seminary-level theology that's taking place in this verse 16. But it's really simple at the same time. For by him all things were created. So how were all, were all things created? Who did it? Not rhetorical. Who created everything? God. All right. And we just learned that. When you see Jesus, you're seeing God. He is the fullness of God. So, Christ has created all things. By Him, all things were created in heaven and earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or rulers or dominions or authorities. All things were created through Him and for Him. So, it's easy for us to see this notion that everything was created by God, by Christ. But the addendum at the end of this verse, and don't miss it, is really important. That not only was everything created by God, by Christ, it was also created for him. Everything that you see, everything that you are, everything that we engage and encounter was for him. Some, some deep Christology here, and so, so think with me. So if everything was created for him, what is that speaking to us? All that we are, all that we will ever be, all that we will ever see, its point, its purpose for existence is to bring glory and honor and happiness to Christ. That's that's a massive thing. Don't get past it. Don't. Don't skip past it. Don't think that it's too deep for you. It's simple and it's deep at the same time. Your existence, the purpose that you take breaths, is to bring glory and honor and happiness to Jesus. Like in your existential crisis, why am I here? Remember my voice. Remember Colossians 1.16. You are here for Jesus. And it's not just, sometimes we read that and say, I'm here for Jesus, meaning my life is to serve Jesus. While that's true, the fullness of this verse is not set and, and just, doesn't just reside there. The fullness of this verse is, your, the purpose of your existence is to bring happiness to Jesus. And there's, there's a lot of depth and we could chase that for a long time. But let's stay on the surface for now. Verse 17 says, and he is before all things, and in him all things are held together. How many things are held together? All of them. All of everything is held together by Christ. So Jesus is speaking here, Paul is speaking about Jesus on a really big galactic like level. Everything he's he's seeing the entire universe is 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 on display here. Everything is held together by Christ, and everything's existence, its purpose, is about Christ. He's on a on a big, like, universal scale. All creation—it's a universal argument—and then in verse eighteen, he narrows it down to uh, to the church. Verse eighteen, and he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might be preeminent. Again, the first couple of verses here are are big, like universal. And then he comes down and narrows it down to the church. So when we see church, we can split it up into two ways. One, it's all believers for all time, meaning David, uh, Abraham, Sarah, Isaac, they're part of the church. Any any person from the 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 history of all believers for all time, and then we can bring it into this body, this believers, the people that that you do life with, the people that you do church with. So this is this is church in those two separate definitions. He is the head of the body, the church. He is the head of North Church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might be preeminent. So everything that we do, and we've done a lot here in this space. We talked about it last week and, and the whole message was about the stuff that we did and we used the metaphor talking about all the, all the work that went into this. But the point of it all, the point of, of the carpet tiles, of the paint, of the lights, of everything, of, of you serving in kids ministry and a few of you serving in, in, uh, in community groups and the point of everything that we do, the point of communion, the point of, of painting these tables and laying these chairs out and everything, The preeminent purpose is Jesus Christ. And it's massively important for us. And not just that, but the point of it is to bring glory and praise and honor to Him. Because in that, we find our purpose. We can get confused a lot about what our purpose is. Why am I here? Children, no children, job, no job, community, all that stuff. And, and, and there's plenty of to look around in the news to see what in the world is happening? The preeminence of Christ is happening, and, and our lives, our happiness, our joy, our peace, our hope all those things that we long for and we suffer for and we, we strive for are found in us putting Christ in a preeminent position in the front of our brains. This is Christ, and he's on on a universal scale, on a church scale, and on a heart scale. Um, The who, what, when, where, why, and how we serve is found in this, in Christ. Um, Verse 19, really simple, beautiful verse. The whole point of this message and Paul being redundant for in him, the fullness of God was pleased to dwell. In Christ, the fullness of God was pleased to dwell. So what does that, what does that mean then? If the fullness of God was pleased to dwell in Christ. His purpose, and, and the, the real purpose is, is going to happen here in the next verse. But the, the things that Jesus was distracted with... Think about this. And in your bulletin, there's a space for it. We've left space for you to consider, to to dwell, to to think about, to meditate on the idea of the things that Jesus did. The ultimate purpose for his life is to, to lay down his life on the cross and die and resurrect to reconcile men to himself. But what else was he concerned with? Think about it, dwell on it, consider it. And then as you do, okay, so what else was he concerned with? Uh, when I think about this, and I thought about this this week, I think about John 4 and the woman at the well. One of the things, Jesus on his course, life happening, he was true to his character. He saw this woman who was in need of him, had a need, and she had some, some difficulties in her life, and he, she, he saw into those things and spoke truth to her. He loved her and he served her. What about just before he died? I think about this a lot. The character of Christ coming out. Remember just before he died? He was with his disciples. Remember what he did? He washed their feet. He served them in a really awful, terrible, difficult, disgusting way. So Jesus is loving people. He's serving people. And I think about the Sermon on the Mount. He's teaching the, the truest Teaching of Christ happens at the beginning of his ministry. So this is Jesus, the flow of his as he's on his destination, and it's a silly illustration about the movie Vacation, but we've all seen it, we all connect with it. The ultimate purpose was to get to Wally World, but along the way, we're gonna do these things that are true to our character. Why do we exist for Christ? What did Christ do? He had an ultimate purpose and he stayed true to it, but along the way, he's being true to his character. So All of that to say, here's a really specific answer to your question. Why am I here? There is a purpose to bring glory and honor and praise to Christ. Along the way, here's what you do. You are true to your character. God has given you very specific gifts. If you don't know what they are, get in community and ask someone. Or think about what lights you up. And do that. This is Just like Christ on his way to the cross was serving people, was teaching people, was loving people, all of those things are true to his character. For you, that's the same thing. Why am I here? What is this Christ-centric philosophy that, that Rick is talking about, this existential stuff that he's talking about? Here it is. Be true to your character on your way to your ultimate purpose, right? And I hope things are popping into your brain right now. And there's a lot of space in your, in, your, in your bulletin. And a lot of you have journals. Consider it. Think about it. This is important. Next time you get 30 minutes to just sit and do nothing, grab a journal, grab that bulletin, and start and think about the things that distracted Christ. And I don't mean distracted in a bad way, but like as he's moving towards his, his, his purpose, what are the things that he busied himself with? And then allow that to show you what he's calling you to do, what he's calling you to, be, to busy yourself with. Raising children, serving, loving, teaching children in a community group, teaching adults in a community group, loving, supporting your family, guiding and, and, and laying down your life for people around you. This is the call of your life, and the character and the gifts and the longings that he's placed in you are there for a really specific purpose. And what is that specific purpose? Go back to what we've already talked about. You're here to bring praise and glory and honor to him. And so this is, this is a, a vitally important thing for us to come to grips with, to be understanding about what looking at Jesus and his life on mission for his ultimate purpose, but being distracted by pouring out his character along the way. <clears throat> Verse 20 says, And through him to reconcile himself to all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. And you who were once alienated and hostile in mind, doing evil deeds. This is the ultimate purpose of Christ. This is the laser focus of his life. All these other things were were supplemental. This is the purpose, to draw people to himself, to reconcile people to himself. Um, Let me read this to you, and it's going to be on the screen as well. The ultimate path of Jesus was to lay down his life by coming to this earth to a teenage unwed mother, mother as part of a deeply oppressed people group to turn an enemy to a friend. I want you to think about that. Jesus, the ultimate purpose of his life was to reconcile people. And the way that he did it was coming to this earth to a teenage mom who was part of an oppressed people group to turn an enemy into a friend. That is the, the existential purpose of Jesus Christ. And the call for us is to do that. What does it look like? What do, and then place that idea into your character and who God has created you to be in the longings and And the stuff that lights you up and the stuff that makes you happy and stuff that puts a smile on your face, how do those things coexist? That's your job to figure out your purpose. But ultimately, this is your Christ coming to this earth to a teenage mother as part of an oppressed people group to turn an enemy into a friend, to reconcile, to reconcile. Like... People, that idea is, is really big. We've done some study on that in the past, to what it means to reconcile. Reconcile means two people were together at one point, and now they're apart, and now we're bringing them back together, reconciling. This is your Christ. This is the ultimate journey of Christ. Um. Let me read verse 21 again. And you who were once alienated and hostile in mind, doing evil deeds, you've been reconciled. So we... Like there is, there's so much in this world that, that makes you mad. Right? This, this season of, of, of life, since... A couple of years ago when Ferguson happened, to Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton, to Black Lives Matter, to all the stuff that's that's real and true in our world and in, in our in our in our society. All this stuff is, is real. Hostile in mind, reconciling. This is like Jeff and I were talking before the sermon started or before the, the like at 8.30 this morning about he read through my notes and, and saw like the WWJD bracelet. Remember that fad from years ago? But that's, that's the point of what we're talking about. What would he do? We've just done, been a, spent a lot of time singing Christology and studying in scripture Christology. So what would he do? Laser focus on his mission. Pouring out his character along the way. And I don't know what that looks like for you. But the purpose of your existence is to bring praise that you are for him. Ex- the reason you take breath, the reason you were created, the reason you came out of your mother's womb was for him not for yourself. And in the middle of that, being for him, when you do that, that's when you have the the biggest smile on your face. When you stop asking yourself the question, why am I here? It's when you're in the middle of being for him. So think about all the junk in this world and being alienated and being strangers and aliens in this world being alienated from Christ. He suffered so you wouldn't be that anymore. Now go and be that in this world. This is why you're here. Let's, uh, let's pray and think. Um, God, I thank you for your word. I thank you for the Christology that you've brought to our spirits today, God. God, I I pray for the people in this room. Um, I pray for opportunity, and I pray for ability to consider Christology this morning. I pray for opportunity to really deeply meditate on, on the question, why have you created us? Lord, I pray you would shine a light on the character that you've placed in us, the gifts that you've placed in us, in order to be that in this planet. God, you are, you are beautiful and you are sovereign. You can do anything that you wanted to, and this is the way you've chosen To make things be, God. God, now allow us in this time of response, God. I, I pray that we would not be robots standing and singing the words that appear on the screen, Father. But instead, would we seek to engage you, seek to hear from you this morning, God. God, if that means sitting with a journal and a piece of paper, if that means singing, if that means going someplace, maybe in the courtyard and just sitting and praying, God. God, we want to hear from you. We want to hear from you, God. Would you speak loudly and clearly towards our purpose, towards our character, towards the giftings and leanings you've given to us very intentionally. Father, we give you these next few minutes of response time to do with as you will. Thank you for Jesus. It's in his perfect name I pray. Amen.